Welcome to the Forward 40 Podcast, where we highlight the experiences of 40 women of color on the rise in the nonprofit and social enterprise sectors. This is an ode to our foremothers, a healing circle of our unique experiences, and a bridge of insight and wisdom across generations. to another episode of Forward 40. I'm so excited to have a former colleague of mine, um, an amazing, amazing woman from the state um, of Indiana and Indianapolis, and she is Starla Hart, uh, 16 Tech Community Corporation's Director of Community Initiatives. Welcome, Starla. Hi, thanks for having me. So Starla, um, it's uh, your journey is is a very interesting one. Um, you've been in the space of community development, and there's uh, some listeners out there that are unfamiliar uh, with the community development sector. You've also had a dabble in entrepreneurship, higher education, and nonprofit. So can you just share more with the audience of what kind of led you um, to to this sector and kind of your trajectory? Yeah, um, growing up, I always thought I'd be a doctor, and I continued that even through like my first year of college, but then I became a mom, and so I decided to change my major in college to something I thought was more manageable, and so I went into communication studies, and I actually had a mentor in um, while I was in college that said, hey, you're so involved in like community student organizations, doing community service, had you ever thought about the nonprofit sector? And I was like, the what? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, and does that mean I will never have any zeros at all or commas in my bank account? (laughs) Like, I don't know what this means. And so um, I, she told me more. She had formerly been one of our deputy mayors in our city. Hmm. And um, she told me more, got me exposed. I ended up adding on nonprofit certificates to my undergrad mm. major. Um, and I've been in nonprofit ever since. So, um, so yeah, she really turned it around for me. Um, and so uh, since then, since college, I've been engaged in a variety of different nonprofits, either as staff or a board or volunteer. Um, I've had a dabble with youth development and housing, um, kind of organizing, community outreach, um, workforce development. Um, Like you said, higher ed. I was in higher ed for almost 10 years uh, in social service and education. So, yeah, so it's been a long uh, set of years where I've gotten a lot of different experiences um, and I, it was, I was at the university and about three years ago um, was just getting kind of um, disheartened a little bit um, on, on the physical changes that I hadn't seen in the neighborhood I'd been working in for, you know, almost two decades at that point. Um, and so I was like, what, what? I need to learn more about development. Mm. You know, the development was happening in our city. Um, 
the folks making decisions about revitalization of neighborhoods and being engaged in it and get, receiving funding for it was not a diverse uh, set of characters mm-hmm. um, or actors. And so um, I was just like, there's got to be a way I can learn about this and kind of break into more of what's happening um, in the realm of development. And so that's what I did. I quit my uh, university job and <laughs> went to work for um, the same what, the organization you work for and um, kind of wanted to get my feet wet and dirty um, around, around development. And so I learned a ton um, in that role and um, was pushed into a lot of different projects and neighborhoods and um, and meeting rooms where I learned a ton about how things, decisions were getting made and uh, projects were getting financed and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, then 16 Tech came along, the opportunity for 16 Tech came along. It was so funny. I wasn't even looking for it. Mm. And people you see that posting for the director of community initiatives for 16 tech. And I'm like, yeah, I forwarded to some friends, (laughs) (laughs) but I hadn't opened it and read it myself. And then people, I got a phone call, then I got an email, then I got a text message on vacation. Please open this job description. And so I was like, okay. And so now here I am am being director of community initiatives at 16 tech. Um, is an awesome opportunity. It's a great like compilation of all the different experiences I've had. Um, and essentially my role um, is to ensure that the development um, is a good neighbor in, mm. in anything that needs to happen. You know, we're putting, we're a nonprofit um, that is essentially the master developer of about 50 acres wow. um, that's being redeveloped in um, the Northwest side of our downtown and it's surrounded by, you know, neighborhoods that have 72% people of color. Mm. Well, what is that going to mean for this these neighborhoods and this investment? And so I'm, you know, was the third hire for our company because they have a value, uh, value and an interest in making sure that they um, don't displace residents, that the development doesn't have adverse effects in the neighborhood. Um, and so... That's what I'm there to do is help figure out how to be a good partner, invest in the neighborhood, support their goals and vision. You know, um, thank, thank you for sharing that. Like it's um, I similar to you. One, I didn't know anything about the nonprofit sector until like the recession happened. And then, it had to, you know, like it got real. <laughs> um, and then that's when you start to like, like open yourself to other opportunities. And I actually was introduced to the nonprofit sector when I started volunteering um, and didn't know anything about community development either until I was in graduate school. And it didn't necessarily at that time. It didn't seem like um, a space that was for me because of this heavy development piece. And I was just like, oh, that doesn't really click for me because um, I was interested in education policy and college access and persistence um, and just more general accessibility um, and forms of access for minority students and students of color. And now, you know, being in this space, there has been a lot of discussions around succession planning and what are we doing for the next generation of leadership? Uh, the country is, of course, shifting um, in terms of racial demographics. Uh, and then also, 
institutions, whether they be private or nonprofit or public sector, will be shifting as well. What have you seen um, and noticed in terms of like the local strategies for preparing that next generation of leadership for uh, people of color? Yeah, there's been a few things. Um, and that's such an interesting question. Um, I was part, oh, maybe when I went to grad school, maybe, what is this year? I don't know, 2019. So. Yes. <laughs> 14 years ago, 14, 15 years ago, um, I was part of the founding group of the Urban League Young Professionals chapter here in Indianapolis. And it was really an attempt where, you know, several of our um, African-American civic leaders in the city had gotten together. And, and again, like you said, we were having this conversation about the secession plans and like, Who's engaged? You know, we don't have enough young people that are engaged or know the history or know how certain things, big decisions about the development of our city have gone down and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so they wanted to really start a group. So the Urban League kind of led that charge in our city. They were one of the early like young professional movements, even when some of the more mainstream ones were getting started. Um, And so they've continued to be a leader in that space. Um, now the young professional at the group at the Urban League is called the Exchange locally. They've kind of rebranded themselves, get a refresher, something that's not um, a name that's mm-hmm. not really stagnant <laughs> as the young professionals. Mm-hmm. Group, right? mm-hmm. um, and so they continue to carry that torch and create um, fellowship programs. They do leadership training. They do a variety of um, panel and education discussions and educational opportunities for younger um, people of color to learn about what's happening in our city in terms of development and civic and, and political engagement. So they're playing a huge role um, in that space. Um, I've also seen a couple of things that have been um, interesting to me as of late um, in terms of just my minority more participation in um, the civic space. Um, we've got several programs here locally that um, one's at the United Way. Mm-hmm. One is with an organization called the Stanley K. Lacey Leadership Network um, that really train people from a variety of backgrounds that are in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, they could in business or technology or, you know, whatever, but want to have a a greater role in what's happening in our city. And they do these um, leadership programs. Um, One of them, some of them are extensive, like a whole year kind of fellowship kind of experience. And some of the others are like one day or, you know, a few months of exposure to um, not only uh, the big major projects and entities that are doing work in our city, but also exp- helping to expand the, your network of how to get on boards and how to be on committees and get and really engaged. Um, and I would say the most notable of those to me lately has been um, one that's been sponsored by our, the Central Indiana Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it's called Leadership Indianapolis. And it um, really looked at um, some of the major nonprofits um, or civic boards in the city, and how it, we, there was a little bit of a culture of like have, having to pay to play mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and not much diversity. Um, and so they were looking at that and said, okay, how come these great, talented, you know, 
people of color aren't don't have the same access. And a lot of times it came down to resources and network. You know, this the, our city is a very much a who you know mm-hmm. <laughs> city. Um, but again, some of the big major boards are pay to play, and so you know. I can't drop at one point, you know, at one time, $10,000 or $5,000 donation or, you know, $5,000 donation to be on a board. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of took out that, that hurdle for people and they recruited um, a class of young professionals or um, of color in our city and connected them, kind of did some matchmaking to some of the major boards of directors for, um, our large nonprofits and civic groups in town, and have sponsored wow. their giving for the for, for I think it's a three year program. So I think we're in year two or three now. Maybe I think we're coming up on year three where folks have been in this program where the foundation has sponsored their ability to be and ha- um, at the table and have a seat at the table with these organizations. That is very like, that's a a great um, strategic initiative. Um, (laughs) You know, like there's like what you shared, like it's elements of uh, people who have been blocked uh, from having a seat at the table, lack of access, whether that be financial capital, social capital uh, within a space to actually um, be decision makers. And then also, you know, like key, organizations um, that people across the country may be familiar with, like Urban League and United Way. Uh, But then it's also like other smaller local um, Mm -hmm. opportunities and organizations that have been in communities for quite some time uh, that younger leaders and and also um, those that are thinking about a career change um, can definitely uh, delve into. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like to follow nationally, um, like Next City. They do a great fellowship mm-hmm. for folks who are trying to get into development across the country or policy. Um, my grad program, the National Urban Fellows, is a national program that you know um, helps support folks getting their MPA mm-hmm. across the country. There's several of them. But at the end of the day, one of the things I tell young people when they contact me is, is thank you for contacting me and let's have tea, coffee or drinks. Right. So mm-hmm. what we're doing right now, you know, the morning tea is really, you know, a way to break in. You know, mm-hmm. if it has clear goals and vision and drive, people will help them. Right. People will help you. And so um, you've kind of got to just put yourself out there a little bit and say, OK, I want to be in this space. Who do I need to meet? You know, who's on my short list? Who am I trying to be in five years or have a a similar career path Mm -hmm. to five, ten years? Let me figure out how to get in the same room with them. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, also in addition to that, like there's been research um, out there about like the younger generation. Um, So what are they? Gen Gen Z, uh, I believe (laughs) that they're aspiring to to be in spaces that have a social mission um, and where they have opportunities to actually grow. And it's not just for the sake of um, just a paycheck or stability, uh, but they really want to feel a, a sense of purpose. So thank you for um, speaking to some, some ways that others can definitely get involved. Um, it's, it's critical. It's critical because, um, you know, we can't wait 
And I feel like that's kind of the position we've seen some things in now in our country is that people have waited or they've been in positions and in leadership for, you know, decades. And then, you know, now we don't have it's it's more urgent. It's more pressing to make sure we've got some diversity of thought at the table and of age and of gender and of all the the list of things. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Now, as a black woman in this space, um, what have you found to be challenges, you know, within the local market? And um, how have you found kind of your your tribe, your 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 village and how have you like created space so that that visibility has been able to sustain uh, a presence in leadership? Yeah, that's kind of a. um that's an interesting question. So like, just, um, just the same as being a young person, I think, you know, some spaces, um, where folks are leading this work are, like I said, are pay to play or just very, um, just very stagnant Mm -hmm. and, or, um, and look, they have a certain profile of person and it's pretty, it's, pretty um sterile across the board um and so um it's it's a kind of it's a challenge really trying to break in um and uh, be recognized as an equal and a leader that has value even if you don't have exactly the same experiences um but that you can bring something to the table um and then as a staff person you know sometimes when i look at the organizations especially like even the one i work for um, there are two people of color of our of our 16 members, so we're doing our our, our percentages are fairly good at the moment. Uh, but typically, you know, black women are an island of one. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. the leadership teams. Um, so we really have to put in that extra effort to create our own village to meet each other for a tea, coffee, um, glass of wine, whatever. Um, after work and in between meetings um, to, to stay connected. I think we probably could do a ton more in this space. You know, um, locally, we don't really have um, a formal network of women in this space. Um, we do for like entrepreneurs or other you know, teachers, some other niches, but not really around community development. Mm. So it's really something we've done completely informally um, and um, trying to stay connected to one another. Um, one thing I did myself the, la- the last couple of years is started um, meeting with some of the women that I had more of a deeper connection with, mm-hmm. a more deep connection with. And we've been having like accountability groups where we meet each other once a month for again coffee or wine or whatever and we have set goals for ourselves, either personally or professionally. I want to be on a board. I want to make sure I, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and we meet monthly to talk about it and check in with each other and to see if we're marching towards our goals um, and to hold each other accountable. So um, that's been hugely beneficial for me um, because sometimes I, I will have a goal and I'll write it down, but I meander. <laughs> <laughs> As we all do, we're all human. 
propaganda and so it's like yeah I wrote that down and I haven't really looked at it in six months but I might pick it up six months later and then hammer it out in two weeks right mm-hmm. so it, it just kind of that's kind of how I work and so meeting with these women have been has been hugely impactful just in keeping my goals professionally in the forefront and having be, being forced to look at what I wrote down <laughs> every single month and, and report on it. Did I do anything? Did I do nothing? You know, I don't want to be that person that shows up and had that hadn't done anything in three months. Um, and so it's really been uh, impactful. Um, and we've seen some great changes in our own lives the last several months. People have gone to grad school. People have been added to boards of directors. They've gotten new jobs. Um, and so it's been a great kind of network of women to really um, wrap myself around. That I mean, that, that's great because there are sometimes you're looking for a space where it's been already defined. Like I, before I started on this journey with Forward 40, um, instead of being on the sidelines, getting angry (laughs) that (laughs) our conversations and um, highlighting our resilience was not being shared. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be the one to do that and and, in hopes that it inspires others to share similar stories. And I appreciate that, you know, you along with the the other women, you know, took that initiative to create the space and co-create the space so that you can continue to hold each other accountable um, on your journeys. Like that's just, instead of yeah. waiting for someone else to do it. Yeah. You, and we don't have to have a formal organization. Exactly. Exactly. Like see what people default to is like, okay, what are we going to do? We, okay. Now we have a committee. Okay. What's our plan? You know, like it's not, it doesn't even take all that. The most powerful things in this space of community development is relationships. Mm-hmm. That's, there's so much power in having a network and and people that you can call upon that have varying ex- expertise um, and ex- life experience. And so, you know, it doesn't take all that. We, it takes, you know, $10 for us to have an appetizer and, and a drink. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes somebody sponsors, sometimes, sometimes, you know, everybody's on their own and it's fine, but we meet and it's consistent and we didn't have to have a huge formal structure to tell us when and how and what questions to ask each other. And, you know, it's working. And so there's a ton of power and just being committed as individuals Mm -hmm. and just agreeing and committing to come together. Right. And and faith communities, you know, it's like one or two get two or more gathered in Right. Mm -hmm. Then you have church like we don't have to go finance a building, get our 501c3, wait for seven months, do a fundraising plan. Like, no. Do you want to meet? Do you have a goal? Let's meet. Let's have a goal. Let's get it done. Exactly. Just take take the initiative and um, get to work and take action. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I meant to bring up earlier, like the fact that you're in this juncture of technology and community, um, it's, you know, in the tech space, it, um, tends to be for those that are, of course, you know, like they say, like the millennial generation and then the Gen Z and so on and so forth. Like, it seems to be like the space of the future. And then where you are positioned is a space of not just connecting people, but more intentionality around investments within a local community. Um, How, 
or what would you advise um, those that, you know, have a blend of interest? Like you said, you study communications, but then you also, you know, um, receive certifications in nonprofit. Like how would you advise others kind of like shape the work to be what they desire it to be versus fitting into a box of um, a predefined space? Hmm. I, uh, that's a hard question. I, I think, I think find what you're passionate about and that you, what you have an affinity for. I think what I've learned about myself is that I have varying interests and I very much so consider myself a lifelong learner and I don't like to do the same thing for too long. Like I like to go in create a vision, get some initial things, foundation in place, and then move on to the next thing and let someone else, you know, have it for implementation for the long term. And I want to move on to the next challenge. And that's just kind of how my brain tends to work. Um, And so I, I think this position is providing that for me. Right. Mm -hmm. But it builds on the variety of experiences I have. I'm coming in. I'm, I'm, you know, it's a new position. It's not been created before. No other development has really ever, not locally, had a position like this before at the onset. Wow. You know, focusing on community. It's usually like a, oops, we did some negative stuff. Exactly. And now there's backlash. Yep. <laughs> Let's, do. Let's, let's start a fund or something. You know, like, it's not really been done. And so I'm really able to jump in, set the course, set the stage for how this work can happen and happen differently. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, it's tech, it's moving, it's going to be ever evolving, I think. Um, so I'm in it for the long haul to get it started. But I don't see myself doing the same thing for 20 years. Right. I think, you know, communities have complex challenges and there's a variety of ways that people can jump in. And I think they need to figure out, you know, just what their passion is, what their talent is um, and how those two might be married together to help, to help to make the change. And so I just, at this point, having worked in communities for 20 years, I know what my talent is in terms of leveraging resources, seeing a big picture, being able to connect some dots um, and so that's what I'm bringing to the table in this particular project um, and hope that it will help it be successful. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. I don't have a clear no, I answer. Mean, no, but that, you know, like what you share, like, that's great because there, there tends to be like for those that are looking at opportunities right now and trying to find like where their niche is. Um, sometimes there are entities that are saying, oh, well, we want someone with an entrepreneurial spirit. And it's like, well, do you really? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> someone who has an entrepreneurial spirit is approaching the work um, in, mm-hmm. uh, in in a different posture, right? Like they're, they're thinking innovation. They're thinking change. And as such, um, there's going to be time as, as things evolve that, you're you're moving with that evolution. You're um, you're not someone who is okay with stagnation and everything that you're saying. You know, like when we had our initial call, like this is speaking to me because that, 
<laughs> you know, I had to have a coming to Jesus moment of like, okay, well, what is this uh, about me? Like being in startup spaces, uh, but it's you, you come in, you do what you need to do. And then there are greater challenges um, that are connected to your talents and your passions. And you, you find that space for yourself. Yeah, yeah you do. You have to. Um yeah, you've got to know what you're good at. Some people are a content, um, I, I, what I'm going to call a content expert through and through, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an early childhood person and I care about the babies and I'm about their development and their learning. And that's the only thing I want to focus on. And I'm, just, I'm very passionate about that thing. I don't have a content. It, I wouldn't consider myself having a content passion like that. Mm-hmm. I have a connecting passion. Mm-hmm. So I try to learn a little bit about everything, a little bit about development, a little bit about education, a little bit about housing, you know, and 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 see that my gift is trying to pull those pieces together. You know, I'm, I'm on an advisory board for a contemporary arts organization like that has nothing to do right now with seemingly to people with what my job is, but it's hugely engaged in what, you know, a part of what my job is in terms of placemaking, in terms of um, making sure neighborhood artists are recognized and have opportunity to make sure, you know, people appreciate other facets of, of quality of life mm-hmm. and that's brought to the table. Um, but people are like, why is she on, you know, a board of a school and a board of arts group? You know, it's because again, not a content expert. I'm a, connect try trying to become hopefully ever evolving connecting expert mm, mm. i love that i love that um and i, I may use that <laughs> um so tag, tag. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tag you girl <laughs> um so you know like in the space of service whether it be public service social service uh community development we can go on and on um, people tend to forego that sense of balance in their personal lives um, yeah. because the work is so deeply connected to a personal mission and or experience. Um, how have you been able to implement a sense of balance in your life as a mother, um, as a community leader, people? you know, people seek you out. Um, how have you been able to, to balance that? And what would you recommend others do? Yeesh. Um, <laughs> balance is hard. That's a hard one. Um, I, you know, so I had to, I was asked a very similar question this summer. I was on a panel, a career panel for the National Urban League Conference. And there was another panelist that was on the, there with me that said, that the goal should not be work-life balance. Like your goal should be integration and that your work should be integrated with your family, integrated with your passion and social network or what have you. And I'm definitely not there, but that was a different way of thinking about the question for me Mm -hmm. um, when he brought that to the table. Um, And, but I guess, how I try to do it is to stay grounded and focused on other aspects of life outside of work Mm. Um, because work can consume you, right? If you're passionate about community, community change, you know, things I read, the things I follow on my social media, like everything almost could be classified as work. (laughs) The books, 
you know, articles and webinars and things I like to do, the docu-series I watch on Netflix, you know. That's real. It's all kind of connected and you don't get to turn <laughs> turn off. So there, there definitely is that. Um, but I try to focus on then um, what my other priorities in life are at some point in my day. Um, and so um, I think I might have told you when we talked before about I try to make sure that I focus on my Fab Five every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and people are like, okay, what is that? You you know what? Are you um, a superhero? Great um, <laughs> guy, right? Don't they call themselves the Fab Five? Um, and, but my Fab Five is really my core family, my closest family group, right? So it's my kids, my mom, my grandpa, one of my best friends. Um, and I'm trying to make sure that I've connected with each of them every day. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like a phone call, driving by my grandpa's house, a phone call, text message, um, even when my daughter was at school, you know, sending her happy faces or something on Amazon, you know, using technology to my advantage. Um, I try to connect with each of them at some level every day or do something with or for each of them every day. Um, and then the other pieces are really. Um, you know, people say the same kind of cliche things all the time, but like, if you don't focus on you, how can you help anyone else? And so, you know, wellness is a big piece of what I'm focused on, um, daily, whether it's water intake or nutrition or being active. Um, and then I try to incorporate fun. Like I just have to schedule in fun a day to just have net do stay in pajamas and watch Netflix and drink tea all day. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and those don't come by enough. Um, you know, scheduling dinner dates with people, meeting with my accountability group. It sounds like it's work, but really it's fun. Like mm. we're there for focus on our goals, but most of the time we ninety percent of the time is fun. Um, or we're having some element of personal connection that's there. So it's like my girlfriend dates. Um, but also keeping me accountable for the other things I want to see happen and come to fruition in my life. So um, so that's kind of how I try to do it again. You know, you, you have to you people make time for the things that are important to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, you, you definitely dropped a couple of gems on what <laughs> what people can incorporate um, and be intentional um, yeah. about balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing. You know, it, life and work will consume you if you let it. Correct. If, you know, always do more, meet somebody, be on all the time. You know, things are beeping and notifications are flashing and all of that. And so sometimes you just have to turn off yes. and accept that that's okay. Yes, yes. That was definitely me like a week ago. I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to unplug. <laughs> and then um, I have an iPhone, so the update came on like... <laughs> You have used less than your normal on the phone, but that's that's what I needed. And um, you need to be gracious to yourself. Uh, and then also the other people that are loving you and there for you in life with or without that title and, and that position. Um, yeah. So like they're just as important as the work um, because they help you sustain and lift you up as you're doing the work. And in the day, what are you doing it for? Correct. Like, 
community, my family is part of the community. So if I'm neglecting them, they're not going to be aligned with what the greater vision and purpose for the community either. Correct. You know, I can't leave my kid latchkey um, to go be at a community meeting and then he becomes a disturbance to peace in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because he was neglected, you have to, at some level, like the a gentleman had said, you know, integrate these things. Yes, yes. You know? There's got to be a little bit of that at the end of the day, if you, if if, um, yeah, if you want to make sure that you're attentive to the things that are important to you. Yes, um, and you know, I I admire uh, just kind of the synergies in our experience. You know, like working with youth education. Um, nonprofit and community development and entrepreneurship. Um, yep. I've always been inspired by um, and driven to give forward. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that my mother instilled in me at a, at a very early age. Like whenever you advance, make sure you are bringing others along with you. Mm-hmm. And um, there are people that that's a challenge <laughs> for them, um, whether it's because now they're in positions of um, high esteem and uh, they're being tapped into for several engagements um, and, and activities. And they're just they don't want anyone to you know take their thunder <laughs> or their shine. Um, and when we spoke you shared about an incident when you were being called upon uh, for opportunities. And I thought that what you shared was so powerful and I would love it for others to be inspired by um, the choice that you made in giving forward. Yeah. Um, again, in this space, especially if you're few, like one of a few, right. You're seen as somewhat of a token, right. If the um, you get called on to do all the things. Please be on this committee, this board, speak to this school, do this, do that, do this. Um, and so if you don't, either if ego gets in the way and you want to say yes to everything, or you also just don't know how to say no to anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is also very um, a very prevalent thing, um, then... You say yes, and you run yourself into the ground, and you don't achieve the balance you want. So one of the goals I set um, within my one of my accountability groups this year was to share experiences um, as they come up this year and only choose to participate in the ones I was most passionate or connected, felt a connection, but most connected to, mm-hmm. and to refer others to the ones I could potentially pass on or that might have been something similar to I've done that I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I took that on for myself as a challenge. And so, um, I accepted yours. I'm so excited that I was invited to be on board. <laughs> <laughs> share this story, but I passed on others. So I was asked to speak at a school um, to a group of young people and talk to them about my career. And, um, you know, normally I would have been like, yeah, sure, you know, schedule me in, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, this is a perfect opportunity to live this goal out. And so I said, you know, I could say yes. 
I really support your school and love what you're doing here, but how, how can I help you connect with some other folks? Um, and so I politely told them no to their speaking engagement and referred to uh, two other women in my network, um, one of which that hardly ever does any sort of speaking engagement, but has a fascinating career. Um, and they took my offer. And so they invited both of the ladies. Um, one was in community development. One's a NICU nurse. Wow. Um, and they were able to be featured career day speakers at this school of young people. Um, and so it was an amazing experience, not only for, um, for, for each of them in different ways, right? Um, one, because she was Latina and there's a high, was a high percentage of Latin, um, Latinx students at the school. And so she was like, Oh, I'm so excited to see all the black and brown faces. She was immensely excited. And the other that this, that's a NICU nurse never does anything like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but she has a great career. She started out as an accountant and decided her passion was about helping sick around helping sick babies Mm -hmm. because she had had sick babies herself. Mm. And so she was able to tell that story and talk about STEM and talk about working in a hospital and, you know, and kids were like totally drawn into her story. And it was something she never, ever does or has opportunity to do. And it was, it was really great to see. That, you know, it's it's so powerful and liberating to release other opportunities. Um, (laughs) Sometimes people, and thank you for sharing that, sometimes people feel like there's so much power in withholding. <laughs> and it's so liberating to actually give um, no. and, and, and release. So it's, yeah, thank, thank you. And, and you, you mentioned um, about the, the folding chair, like M- Michelle Obama like refers to, um, you know, like bringing a folding chair, you know, to, to the table so that other others have a seat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I encourage others uh, to definitely take heed to um, how you have activated that just as a personal goal, but then have also blessed others with additional opportunities um, to, to grow in, in their trajectory. Right, right. You know, it's some, you know, in a, in a quick moment, if it goes in the way, it seems flattering to get invited to everything. But at the end of the day, you know, the network doesn't grow. The community just doesn't get stronger if the same people are trying to stand it up on their shoulders all the time. They mm. will eventually fall down. So you've got to, you know, add some other pieces to to it and, and hold it up as a unit. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. share the opportunities. Ooh, Starla. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my goodness, hashtag Simply Starla for that one. Oh my goodness. Um, So, you know that we close each segment with a T affirmation. Um, And I know that you have been increasing your water intake. Hopefully you'll be increasing your tea intake today as you rest um, and relax this weekend. What is the T affirmation that you would like to extend to our listeners? You know, um, so one of the affirmations I write, um, I have used, I use the app Five Minute Journal, which is also great not to plug them um, on this, but it's amazing. Um, first thing in the morning, and it has you type in an affirmation for your day. Um, and most days, I start my affirmation by saying that I want to be blessed, balanced, and beautiful. 
Mm. <laughs> and then I, um, and so that's what I would challenge folks to do, you know, is to, to see and appreciate, be grateful for um, the things that they have in their life um, to get focus on being more balanced and really paying attention to the things that are most important in life um, at some point in your day. Um, and then focus on being beautiful. And that's not, you know, superficial. I'm not saying you got to go do a facial every day, <laughs> but try to be a beautiful person, you know, yes. share opportunity, be nice to someone, uh, smile at folks when you're walking down the sidewalk instead of, um, you know, just being focused on, on, on the, the ills of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I encourage people to be blessed, balanced, and beautiful. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Thank you so, so much, Darla, uh, for being oh, a guest on Forward 40. Like, I, I know that your your gems and your wisdom is definitely going to inspire others to um, show up differently um, and also do deeper introspection um, about their place in, in the work and staying balanced in that so thank you no thank you thank you it reminds me to you know stick to it stick to it i love that you are doing this show and i'm hoping uh, i can't wait to share um uh the links and so forth with my network because um we all need these reminders yes most definitely most definitely until we connect again sip sis say la share and continue to serve